going back real quick and listening to uh, Angel Armies or, yeah, on Psalm, this reading, the episode, the, I don't put episode numbers anymore, so there's just titles, and the one while I was reading Psalm 91 at the beginning of that, was my, I played my trumpet or whatever, and I recorded that a long time ago. Uh, me playing my trumpet. Um, but right after that, my brother's talking about life after divorce and just how there should be a show called Life After Divorce and just showing divorced people, especially guys, trying to navigate what it's like dating in your 30s versus way different than dating in your 20s. And yeah, four kids later, definitely way different. Uh, and the expectations that we place on each other that we don't even place on ourselves at times. I just was telling my brother that I was like, I had this epiphany. I was like, why do I expect things from other people that I don't even expect of myself? Like, why do I place expectations on people that I don't even place on myself? And I feel a lot. Yeah, it's very easy to do that. Or my brother jokes like <laughs> when he's in a relationship. He is. How did you say it? Oh, it's one of my favorite quotes. When he is. When he's out of a relationship, like outside of a relationship, he is Tom Brady. So Tom Brady is like. Can see the whole field. Uh, is, you know, Tom Brady is one like what seven championships now as a quarterback. Some of y'all, this analogy won't make sense. Basically, Tom Brady Tom Brady doesn't like have the greatest arm strength. He doesn't um ha- he can barely run anymore, like scramble out of the pocket. But what Tom Brady does well is like he maximizes what he maximizes like the basics. He's really good at doing the basics to just not make mistakes and make the good plays when he needs to. And he masters the basics. Yeah, and he's very intelligent. Um he has a high football IQ or whatever. And so, but my brother's basically in it. All right. And then you have, on the other hand, you have Peyton Manning, who has a high IQ, right? Uh, very high IQ, but his high IQ gets him into trouble. And he starts trying to do too much. He also at times try to do too much because uh, he has a superior arm strength and, well, he can run really much either. But his main thing would get him in trouble is he overthinks stuff and wouldn't just master the basics. Um, he didn't really have the greatest of talent around him as as well as much as Tom Brady did. Well, you could argue. Anyway, forget that analogy. My whole point is what I'm trying to say is my brother. It cracks me up because he's like, yeah, when I'm out of, he's basically trying to say when he's out of a relationship, he can see the things in other people's relationships to why, or if they would just do this or do that, like you know, I could help their relationship thrive. But when it comes to him being in his own relationship, he struggles because he's doing too much. You're like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I hope that makes sense. I don't know. Yeah. When he's outside of a relationship, he's Tom Tom Brady. When he's in it, he's Peyton Manning. Tom Brady has seven championships. Peyton Manning only has two. So you all figure that one out. Uh, but my main point, I don't even know how I got on that. What I was trying to say is I forgot to give him credit in the show notes for... Uh, that was his voice, Lester Wayne Yancey Jr. at the beginning of uh, 
the Psalm 91 recording. So, woo! All right, we're in Psalm 92. No, Psalm 93. Yeah, I was just thinking, I was like, this feels weird because normally, normally I would have put in like 60, 80 hours this week. But this week, I'm barely going to probably hit 40. So, but hey, that's okay. I don't feel so bad because like, yeah, I needed somewhat of a break. If you don't take breaks from this stuff, I don't want to know what happens if you don't take breaks from this, but I don't need my body breaking down. My pops used to always say, you can either use your mind or your body to make money in this world. Some people use both. But anyway, stick with my analogy or with the saying here. He said, you can either use your mind or your body. Now your body's going to give out before your mind. I want to actually challenge my dad on that because I was like, because when I was at the bank, I was using my mind a whole lot. And at times I feel like as I was growing within my roles at the bank and things kept getting a little bit more, like more and more stressful and taxing. And my mom, she's a CPA and she has stories about how stressful it can be working there. Um, Yeah. Just because somebody doesn't do physical labor type work doesn't mean that they're bur- like a lot of these jobs out here are very taxing and stressful on people's brains and it can cause some issues. Like, I really feel like I had a breakdown, like not just a nervous breakdown, but just like a mental breakdown. Like my my, you know how they up like phones upgrade every year, so you got the iPhone now, whatever twelve or on thirteen. I can't, I don't know. I honestly feel sometimes like my brain was only designed to stop it like an iPhone 10 or whatever or something like that. And I, but I kept trying to add the new updates or whatever to it and do things that the iPhone 13 can do. And yeah, it was like, nah, bro, nah, partner, you need to, you need to just stop here. So if I do go back into banking, I really, thinking I would like do more of um I don't know one of my favorite all-time movies is uh it's a wonderful life so uh yeah be I would be like a branch manager and just shoot so many of these banks now are getting rid of branches but uh so I don't know what that's gonna look like in the future but something about that seemed pretty cool my shoot my branch manager when I worked at uh commerce or in my book, I call it Whiteman Bank. Uh, she only had a high school diploma. I was like, here I am. And she, yeah, was making more money than me while, even when I switched over to being a small business banker. And so I'm like, why am I busting my behind? I have a bachelor's degree and I'm going back to get my master's. I have my master's now in finance. And this woman over here, you know, her job seems pretty like don't seem that stressful at all like it's i mean there's stress to it but it's not as stressful as some of the other positions so anyway stress is all relative uh where's i going with all that yes pops used to always say either you're gonna either use your body to make money or use your head to make money your brain to make money but your body will go out before your brain once again, I think I would challenge him on that. Like your brain can go out 
just as quickly as your body can go out. Not go out, but like start to show signs of like, hey, we need to go see a counselor. I really should have been seeing counseling a long time ago to talk through some of the things that I was dealing with and just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I encourage all of y'all, like, try to get some type of counselor, professional, somebody at your church. Uh, prefer I recommend a church counselor more than anything, just a Christian, because um, some of these new age counselors can, you got to be careful. You got to be careful. You got to be careful because there's a lot of new age teachings out here and they're not biblical and they'll have you doing some like breathing exercises and stuff that is like or doing some stuff that's just not the spirit behind it is not right. That's all I can say. Not to knock you if you see a secular counselor or whatever, uh, a therapist, but I highly recommend seeing somebody who at least has a biblical foundation is going to tell you things based on God's word or has a relationship with the Lord and can pray for you like that. Like prayer is way more powerful than you just dumping all your stuff on a counselor and then giving you these tools. You know, it helps to. Yeah, it's good. It's really ideal if you can find somebody that has both that has the tools from the world about, you know, taking certain um changing up your diet, taking certain medications. Um, like if they can refer you out to psychiatrists to take certain things to deal with the chemical imbalances going on. Somebody that understands uh, co-occurring things like co-occurring disorders and uh, can talk to you from a scientific t- scientific and psycho- like psychological point of view, but also has the Christian... Um, tied to it. I've actually thought about getting into Christian counseling. That's actually what I was going to go to school for a seminary across down the street. There's a seminary. Um, they have a, they actually are the headquarters. They, the, the accrediting headquarters for the Christian counseling degree or department are over there at this school um, that I live nearby. Um, so I was going to get like a yeah degree in biblical counseling, counseling, but uh yeah we'll see about that we'll see i'm just right now is not the season for it right now my focus is yeah getting back in my kids lives consistently so and then we'll go from there there's a lot of different directions i could go i can go back into finance go into biblical counseling i thought about law school but every time i think about it i'm like do i really want to take the lsat again even though it's on a computer now do i really want to put myself through law school so and I'll never forget, last little point before I get into the word, there was this book I read called Home Run. My son Aiden got it for me. I don't. I lost the book after my divorce. I don't know what happened to it. Um, but there was this guy in the book. The Yeah, it's this Christian dude, and he's basically comparing the Christian life to baseball and the importance of having all these bases in your life, first base, second base, third base. Like first base is your relationship with the Lord. Second base is like having godly friends. And I can't remember what third base is. Um, and then that helps you hit a home run in life. Anyway, one of the stories I remember him just talking about his life and how he was planning to go to law school, just like I did at one point. Um, and he ended up 
uh, becoming a pastor. So, uh, yeah, I need to find that book. I need to read it again. Maybe that'll be one of the books I read on, on here at some point after I read, uh, what's the name of that? Pilgrim's, Pilgrim's Progress. All right. 12 minutes later. Uh, it's amazing how I get on these like rants and tangents. All right. So we're uh, God's eternal reign. Well, this is a short one. It's only five verses. I don't, so I don't feel so bad that we talk for so long. The Lord reigns. He is robed in majesty. See, it's no coincidence that they use that word robe. So I've said this before in previous recordings, how people like David, especially David, Joseph, and Job, those three are like types of Christ. People who endured suffering, especially Job, and you could probably throw Paul in there, but especially Job and Joseph. Joseph is the, close, the the my favorite, one of my favorite people in the Bible because he didn't deserve any of the injustice that he could received, and uh, yet he had he walked that straight line. As far as we know, like this, they don't say anything about Joseph doing any scandals or having you know. Killing people's wives, uh, killing people's husbands, yeah, sleeping with other people's wives and killing them, yeah, we don't hear anything about that. Uh, or him cursing God, yeah, he avoided Bathsheba. And anyway, yes, Joseph was what people consider like a type of Christ or a foreshadowing to Jesus Christ, somebody who endures suffering unjustly. Um, and hadn't had perfect integrity as far as we know and uh from what we read in the word in the scripture there's other things i'm sure joseph might have did but the bible doesn't talk about those things they don't talk about his personal life a whole lot before he was you know um taken captured uh sold into slavery by his brothers um and we don't hear anything about really much not a whole lot about his life after that whole experience uh, we hear about his kids, but not a whole lot about him. But uh, where am I? Yes, robe. Joseph was getting a robe, given a robe by his his father, coat of many colors. Jesus is given a robe, robed with majesty. There you go. <laughs> there, like if you really, 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 really took the time to dive deep into the word. And even go on some of these like Israel trips that people go to or to the Holy Land experience, it will blow your mind how like when you really get into the word, like some of the dots you start connecting is like. It's amazing just how real the Bible is, like how powerful it is and how you would have to be a gene. Like people say the Bible's made up. It's written by men like it's in, it's written by men, but or I forgot how many authors but uh, it's inspired by the Holy Spirit, by God. Like, it's God-breathed. Um, anyway, I could, yeah, one of these days I would like to really, I really plan on doing a whole to the Bible recording about the history of the Bible, how it's compiled, and why we can, 
why we can um, believe, like accept it as valid, as a valid text to live our lives by. I could do that. And it, it's going to be a great episode or, some, or recording at some point. But at the end of the day, if you just read it and you you will start to experience these things and see and things will just jump off the page and it will just make sense in your spirit. Like why this is the way, the truth in life, like why in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and how you can trust this word to apply your life to it. Just read Proverbs. When you get to Proverbs, that alone, you like even if you didn't have any other books, Proverbs and Psalms, like if you just lived your life based on those two books, that alone could take you far. But um, where's I going with that? Uh, robe, robe. Oh, I was going to say one more thing. I have this personal philosophy that no, like when we get to heaven, when we, because eternity just keeps going. Like we're in, like right now, technically you and I are in eternity, right? We just have, we're just in these earthly bodies for now until it's time for us to leave them. And then we get our glorified body. Hopefully my glorified body is at least six foot six. And uh, it'd be cool to play, play a little basketball from time to time uh, in between worship and the Lord. But anyway, uh, yeah, I look forward to it. There's some books I have on heaven too that I like to read at some point. Anyway, and I have these ideas of what, I have a lot of fantasies of how cool heaven is going to be and things, how it's going to be in a lot of ways, very similar to earth right now. But imagine earth with no sin. It's like a perfect system. And we'll, I believe we'll still work and have some type of job of some sort, but it won't be full of toil and you won't hate to go to work every day and you won't question like, why am I doing this job or whatever? You know, it'll be no, to, you know, toil and sadness. It'll all be to give the, to bring the Lord glory. Anyway, where am I going? Where I keep, oh, I have this vision. I have this personal philosophy that when we get to heaven, we'll, we'll never, I always say the Bible is simple enough for a child to understand, but complex enough for us to never get bored with this, get bored of it as adults. Like you we're always learning things about the word of God and, and God's nature. Same thing when we get into eternity in our glorified bodies. We're going to still be learning things about God's nature. He's going to just be showing off every day, like his glory and who he is and his majesty. Um, he gives us glimpses of it here on earth, but we don't get the full, full, even in eternity in heaven, like they'll never, you'll never reach a point where like, man, God is boring, like, or you know how kids are when they come over, or when you have your kids and they're like, well, I'm bored. Like, you'll never be bored in heaven. Like, you'll never be bored. You'll still be learning things about the Lord and who He is and the universe that spans for, you know, how we do research on the universe? I honestly feel like. Because it goes and goes and goes for zillions and zillions of like, yeah, infinity. We will never get tired of learning about the Lord and learning new things about him. And things that um, that were just so like commonplace to us here on earth will make even more sense in eternity in heaven. Like the fact that we use clocks that have 12 hands on them. And think about it. You have the 12 tribes of Israel. Um, there, yeah, the number 12 is very significant. 
Um, man. All right. Yes. Just things. What else? What else? Something else is like very basic, very basic that we have in our everyday society. Um, I used to be able to like have these like roll off my tongue, but just ah, anyway, I yeah, I'm gonna stop there. Just think about things that that are just very basic in your day to day life, and then. I'll hold that thought. I'll come back to it on another recording. Cause like I'm like blank like it's it's overwhelming, like as I'm thinking about it. So all right, and I can't I'm not I'm struggling to think straight right now. All right. The Lord reigns. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed, enveloped or yeah, enveloped in strength. The world is firmly established. It cannot be shaken. Your throne has been established from the beginning. You are from eternity. The floods have lifted up. Lord, the floods have lifted up their voice. The flood lift up their pounding waves. The floods lift up their pounding waves. Greater than the roar of a huge torrent. The mighty breakers of the sea. The Lord on high is majestic. Lord, your testimonies are completely reliable. Holiness adorns your house for all the days to come. Let me read these Tony Evans notes and then shut it down. Well, I'm going to do two more Psalms and then I'm going to get going. Unlike his creation, which had a start date, God himself is from eternity. God's word is without fault and cannot fail. His authoritative written truth reflects his authoritative rule. Since God is sovereign and in a class by himself, whatever he says should be received with delight and obeyed without delay. (laughs) This is a random thought as I hear my neighbor's dog. Barking upstairs. <laughs> um, some people wonder or are curious to know if there'll be dogs in heaven. And uh, my thought is if they are, I imagine that they won't bark. Their bark won't be annoying like the one upstairs. <laughs> At least. Huh, and there'll be no kitty litter. You all need it. You want to need to scoop your dog's poop somehow. Yeah, they're, that's crazy to think about. Um, it, just imagining heaven, like just sitting and just imagining what it's going to be like is uh, a pretty f- cool and fun exercise at times. Just like, um, I just had, all right, I'll close it out with this thought. I was thinking on my, I think, I remember when we had Leah, our first daughter, oldest daughter. She's 13 now. 
and uh, she was breastfed for, uh, I can't remember how many months her mom would pump. She would sometimes pump at work because she was working at, she used to work at the same bank I used to work at, I worked at. Anyway, that's a whole nother story. Uh, yes, her mom used to pump breast milk or whatever. And uh, yeah, so we was on breast milk for most of her, before she, like, years, first six months of her life, we'll just say. So a lot of that stuff is a blur. I promise I'm going somewhere with this. So she used to drink breast milk. And uh, and then eventually she got switched over to formula. When she was on breast milk, I remember Leah, I remember Leah not really having a whole lot of like bile. Sorry for y'all that might be eating right now. You can turn it off now if you don't want to listen to this. I just remember her not having a whole lot of waste. And then when we switched over to formula, all of a sudden she had more waste. And then like there was one time she got kind of she hadn't she didn't go. Oh, okay, now it makes sense. I remember this story because we were living with my in-laws. Well, we won't we were out by that time. We lived near my in-laws at that time. And uh her grandma was watching her when Tish would go to work, and she was worried that. Yeah, okay, at that time, Leah was still on breast milk. Yeah, here we go. And it's coming, it starts slowly coming back to me. So her grandmother was worried that she um, was like constipated or, you know, because she hadn't, you know, gone number two in like a week or like four or five, yeah, five days, whatever, several days. And so they, like, try to put this little thermometer up there, like, almost like an enema, whatever it is, to, like, get her to poop. Or, yeah, do go number two. And later on, basically, yeah, the doctor told us, like, hey, she's fine. Babies who are on breast milk may not poop as often or go waste as much because their bodies absorb the nutrients of the breast milk more than they do versus, like, when they're on formula it creates a lot of waste because their bodies is not as natural as formula. So just that some people are like, why is he talking about this? So, just something simple as that. Like if we're going to be in heaven eating food, whether it's manna, the food of the angels, or uh, I honestly think in my personal opinion is when that manna ran from, uh, fell from heaven it actually was very delicious in heaven, but when it got to earth, because the earth is fallen, it came out as just like very basic dry uh, um, oatmeal or grits. But in heaven, it was actually probably steak and lobster and shrimp and I don't know. I'm just making this like, yeah, or just, yeah, delicious. I'll, I'll say probably not steak, lobster and shrimp. Those are animals. We'll say it's uh, it was probably some delicious plant-based type stuff, um, organic Food, but when it got to heaven, I mean, to earth and landed on earth, it's like that's when it got tainted. So my personal just philosophy is, yeah, in heaven we won't have to go number two because our bodies will just naturally absorb the delicious heavenly foods up there. Um, 
Ah, all right. <laughs> you never know what you're going to hear on True the Bible. So, Lord, thank you for Psalm 93. Thank you for this word. Ah, thank you, Lord, that you are robed. Jesus, you are robed in majesty. Your, thank you that your testimonies are completely reliable. You do not have to put your hand on the Bible and swear and solemnly swear that you do. T- honest to God will tell the truth, the whole truth. So help me, God, whatever they say. You don't have to do that because you are you are truthful. You're honest. You can't tell a lie, God. Um, honesty is your nature, Lord. So and um, so thank you, Lord. Your testimonies are completely reliable, and holiness adorns your house for all the days to come. So, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for that day to, to come when we get to go to the other side and see you face to face and experience your the fullness of your glory, Lord. We get glimpses of your glory here on earth, but we get to see, I look forward to the day when we get the fullness of your glory and we're in our glorified bodies and we can worship you and praise you without even getting tired, God. And So we thank you for that. We thank you, thank you, thank you. For this time of your word, as I go on to Psalm 94, 95, just <laughs> help my stories to be clear. And Lord, I know sometimes I'll be all over the place. Um, but once again, I just pray for bless the ears of the people that listen to this today and in the future. And that um, they will just realize that um, what we do on this earth, on this earth, this side of heaven matters and it is our job as Christians, as millennial generation, generation Z, to usher in your millennial kingdom. We look forward to that day. We can't do it on our own. It's only by the work and the power of the Holy Spirit that that can happen. In Jesus' mighty, precious name we pray. Amen. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned or missed the mark, or veered off the path, and fallen short of the glory of God, or God's perfect standard. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of the cost of that sin is death, or eternal separation from God. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5a says, But God demonstrated his love toward us, or showed his love toward us, in that while we were still yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Romans 10 verse 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will, not might be, not maybe, we will be saved. For with our hearts we believe we are now in right standing with God and with our mouths we confess that we are now saved. Lastly, Romans 10 verse 13 says that whosoever, anybody, everybody, who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So if you never asked Jesus into your heart or you've walked away from him and you would like to rededicate your life to him, you can just simply say, Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my Savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty precious name I pray. Amen.